Oh my goodness. So before we kick off the show, we always do the question, um, what does the term young influential mean to you? Oh gosh. Um, well, <laughs> literally someone should be young. I don't necessarily think that means age. I think that means a lot of like spirit and energy young, right? And I would say influential is more so like, you know, um, do you have the tools and the energy and like the gusto to like care about something enough to be able to influence how other people think about it for better or for worse, right? Yeah. yeah. Come on with that all-American pageant answer. Oh my God. Like, she's just like, <laughs> and this is why you should nominate me for 2023. I mean, <laughs> hey, Miss USA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so let's rewind all the way back to childhood, Nadia. Like, <laughs> were you into gaming, media, TV? Like, where did kind of that stem from? Yeah, so always into gaming uh, also really into sports most of my life but like gaming starts as early I mean I would watch my dad play Legend of Zelda on our Nintendo 64 all the time right I almost like joke that that was like what Twitch was before it is now where I would just sit there and like watch my dad play hear his commentary but like being like three or four years old and loving it having no idea what's happening in the game but just loving to be a part of that culture um and then that turned into me i mean i was playing pc games like there are photos of me at like two years old at the computer oh where gosh. like i'm like mom and dad did i need to be having all this <laughs> content at that age? playing like you know where in the world is carmen san diego and all of those types of games and then it evolved into like me having and still having an addiction to the sims uh, yes, I played that I, for hours. Oh, I have lost yes. years of my life to that game in a way that I'm actually a little bit proud of. Yeah. It is like a very formative thing in my life. So um, gaming was always a part of my life. Um, but yeah, sports is probably the other thing that was really formative, right? Like I was a diehard New York sports fan. My dad and my family's all from New York. So um, I know sports is your favorite subject. You so. know, we love it here. Go sports. <laughs> <Yeah>. Play ball. <laughs> But yeah, I would say like those two like cultures, for lack of a better term, were really influential when I was younger. Oh my god! Speaking of games, the one that had me in a chokehold was Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yes, had me in a chokehold. Yes, well, um, I do like it. That there was a really interesting conversation around how video games have extended and helped promote certain sports. Right, like I would say Tony Hawk Pro Skater, like changed a lot, the way of a lot of how younger people were thinking about skateboarding, right? It was such a cultural moment when that game came out, the music from that game, right? Like, had a chokehold on people, even, like, FIFA, oh Madden, gosh, yes. like, all of these sports games have really, um, I think, amplified and honestly, like, maybe even, like, collected new audiences to that sport, which I think is really cool. No, that's so true, because after I played Tony Hawk, I bought... Do you remember the, like, fingered skateboard? Tech decks. Yes. Yo, mm -hmm. They were, I like, banned so from my school. <laughs> so all the kids would, like, use the size of their desk. Now I like, see, we used to do that yell. all the time. Oh, yeah, I see uh, as an eight-year-old doing that. You could not tell me mad. I was not the next Tony Hawk when I had that. <laughs> I was like, you guys, I am Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah, I mean, I remember, like, we actually work with Journeys now a lot, um, current day, but I'm like, yeah, like, I bought Etnies from Journeys, like... I had to wear uniforms when I was going to school, but I had these, like, big, black, chunky, like, skate etnies. I didn't skate. Uh. <laughs> when I was, like, seven years old with these, thinking I was, like, hot shit. Uh. I was <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. That's, like, speaking of which, like, um, we had to wear a uniform in my school, too, and we would all buy the spiky, um, uh, what was that? The belts, yeah, the yes. Belts. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! I I did not wear those at age seven with my skirt that was yeah. down to my knees, my khaki skirt. Yeah, no. Oh my god! Yes. Oh my gosh! So fast forwarding, like 
Did you study, like, how did you kind of continue on with that? Like, did you study that in school? Yeah. Um, actually, like, gaming was never actually part of, like, when I had my vision for, like, my life and, like, where I saw myself professionally. Like, gaming was really not what I was expecting to do. When I went to college, I initially, well, I kind of thought I was going to be a sports broadcaster. Like, I really wanted to be, like, an Aaron Andrews. I wanted to be the Yankees, like, pregame person, like, interviewing all the players. And I really thought that was my life. And I did a handful of sports, uh, like, journalism internships. I went to UCLA. I was a communications major and, like, a film minor because um, film was also an interest of mine. Um, yeah, I did a few internships and was like, oh, no, I hate – no offense to journalism. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I get it. Oh, like, I get it. It's like, I don't like writing under a deadline. Uh, if I, you know, if you want to start as like a sports broadcaster, you're going to like random cities and you're doing their local news networks and you're covering their local sports news. And like, I just didn't want to do that. No. Yeah. That's how I was too, because like a lot of my friends after um, journalism school, they all like went to random states and stuff. Like some even went out to LA and were like living in their car for like, years months like and oh. i was just like yeah babe i'm just gonna go to marketing and i'll work my way back yeah no you did it right <laughs> um but yeah i just was like i don't think i want to leave la and so started just like dabbling in other like i had an internship at like Lionsgate, and then i interned for the players tribune which is Derek jeter's like uh media company so i had like done like a ton of stuff in film and sports and was just kind of like i don't know when i was younger i, I would say even still today the thing i optimize the most for is like optionality right like what's the thing that I'm gonna do that gives me a lot of options in the future and so that's how I kind of took all my internships in college because also going to UCLA um I could just like I was 10 minutes away from a lot of the places I need mm -hmm. to be to like have internships and I was like okay if I do a ton of internships like this will just give me an opportunity to be in the best position I possibly can for whatever job I want to do and I still wasn't sure what that was so I had a um a girl in my sorority, she was an assistant to one of the HR folks at CAA. Oh, come on. Like, truly, like, she was like, oh, I know you've done a lot of internships. Like, I'll pass your resume along. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, sure. So CAA was, like, not even on my mind. Like, I always thought being an agent was, uh, you know, you like the Jerry Maguire types mm -hmm. and yeah. the entourage types, <laughs> right? Like, I just, it didn't feel like me. Um, so... Uh, I never had CA on my radar um, and like took an interview and then I started in the mail room there. Like truly pushing cart, like that, pushing mail, wait, that's doing like, like the dirty work. That of sounds the like a good rom com start. Like, <laughs> um, no, I like did not. She worked in the mail room, <laughs> worked her way up to CEO. <laughs> maybe, maybe that is a real story for other people at CAA. Uh, it was not for me. <laughs> Very far from it. Uh, I would not say that there was. Um, yeah, I was, like, 21, 22, like, starting in the mailroom. I can't say that there was a ton of, like, budding <laughs> romance for me at that time. Um, but I like where your head's at. <laughs> but I feel like you brought up a good point, too. Like, I feel like, uh, like a lot of times, like, in college and stuff, like, there is, the, there's like, the group of people who are doing millions of internships trying to, like, find something that lands within there. It's the other group where it's, like, you're working and stuff, so you can't really get as many internships. So it's, like, if you don't use the opportunities, like, a lot of schools do the networking day like I know like my alma mater did that like the networking day where like they bring like South by would come and stuff mm -hmm. to meet and network so it's like if you don't get those internships you have to really utilize those opportunities that when people come to your school to really get it totally and that's where like I didn't I kind of did it accidentally like I wasn't actually like I didn't think I was going to go to UCLA um but being in 
kind of a larger city where a lot of these entertainment things were based, like uh, provided me more of those opportunities to be in front of those people from like the entertainment realm, right? Which afforded me more of those opportunities. Like, uh, I, <laughs> I know that like we did it, but like I do not envy a lot of like younger people sometimes going through that. It's a grind and like you really have to be shameless and put yourself out there in some ways and like that is just not my nature. Like it never has been my nature to be like go get her and let me just like be shameless and like in introduce myself and do like my dad tells a story about me all the time. Like I won't even go and ask people for autographs on this because I just was like, how do you know it's them? And he's like, that's Reggie Jackson. I know who that is. And I'd be like, no, you know, like there's I don't know. It's I, I so I just envy or I don't envy that situation. But what I will say is like, I was never that person. And like being hardworking, being kind and considerate to the people around you, doing good work is going to take you far, right? Putting your head down sometimes is the right way to do things. And like, I doubted that for a long time. And even at CAA, like imagine starting in a mailroom with all of these like young 20 somethings who are like, I'm getting coffee with this agent. <laughs> I'm like going to go, you know, uh, happy hour with this person. I was like, I don't know anyone. So I'm just going to put my head down and like do the work. And like at the time I thought that I was like so far behind everyone else because of that mm -hmm. when in reality I wasn't. So like, I don't know. I, I do think that like putting yourself in situations to be in front of those people is incredibly important. Um, but also like trusting the process a little bit that if you do, if you put your head down and do the work, it may not feel like you're going to be rewarded for it at the time. But like I look back and I'm like, wow, that like actually suited me and like paid off for me. So, yeah. No, it's crazy because I'm thinking back to when I did it, like I was working, I was doing a full like 19 hours like for school, which is like full load. Mm -hmm. um, I was trying to break into the entertainment industry here in the Austin area. So like I was volunteering at like South by yep. um, the Austin Film Fest, like all during school and stuff. And it's like literally had no sleep. Just like <laughs> like that yes. Lady Gaga. I mean, it's like no sleep bus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was insane. And people are like, what are you doing? And it's like, if you I, I'm not getting internships in the summer, like I would apply and never get them. It's like so I got to utilize like the festivals and stuff that I have here. Like it was insane. And I feel like now it seems like it's easier. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it kind of, I don't know. I feel like with social media, it kind of is. Yeah, it, it, it is easier. I would also say, like, the path to internship felt very narrow and only for a specific group of people. Um, like, I will be the first person to say that, like, I had, I had a lot of help from my parents who were in the entertainment industry who were able to get me those internships, right? And, like, maybe they didn't get me into CAA, but, like, I had a resume that helped me get into CA mm -hmm. because of them, right? Like, I will be the first person to admit that. So, um, yeah, it is, like, it, I think today's day and age, I think there is a very, very big awareness around the entertainment industry and how traditionally it has been gatekept for a certain type of person and that if you don't expand who those people are that have that opportunity, then you're going to run into the issue that I think a lot of these entertainment companies are like, oh, our entire leadership is just like white men. Oh, how do we change that? It's like, well, mm -hmm. you got to start yeah. opening those opportunities to a wider set of people, wider socioeconomic background, more diverse, right? To like get that. So um, I think that is also a reason why things are changing I, for better or for worse. Sometimes I think that like mm -hmm. that conversation can be hard. And I think sometimes companies don't always hit the messaging right on how they go about that. <laughs> but I do think the tension is right and I think we'll see that continue to grow and offer more opportunities to people especially in entertainment like down the line yeah I feel like now we're definitely seeing like more more diversity in the industry where a lot of times like back 
like years ago, like it was so gatekept, like you said, and it's like, so like a lot of like diverse groups were like, you know what, like we'll just make our own stuff. And it was getting, they're like, oh, so it will sell. Okay, come over here now. And it's like, bro, what? Yeah. Like we've been, we've been here. Like we didn't just like show up today. Like, but no, yeah. like we've been here. And it's like, you, said, you have to like open and widen it. And I feel like they're now seeing that quote unquote, it sells. And that people want to see stuff like everywhere, everything yep. everywhere all at once. And yep. like yep. movies like Black Panther and stuff. They're like, oh, people will go and see it. Okay, let's get those writers in there. It's like, yeah. no. Yeah. No, yeah. it has to start a lot sooner, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'm hope- I am I really do believe there's going to be more opportunities to like rise that. I know like, you know, that was like something that was important to me like at CAA, right? Like I was one of the very few like Asian women in a lot of the spaces that I was operating in there. So like making sure that there were opportunities for me to like be involved in helping like that was really important to me so yeah it's like i can't the gatekeeping and all that's like a whole rabbit trail i could go on for yeah, like this is not called our old gatekeeping yeah. this is called young and Hello, gang. <laughs> <laughs> but fast forward to today yeah. tell us like what you're currently doing like your what your company is now yeah so um at CIA, I'd end up, like, working in the baseball department, and then I made my way up to, like, uh, an agent in the marketing field and was helping players with off-field stuff, one of those things being gaming. And when the pandemic hit, gaming obviously was very, very important and big to a lot of um, just probably the world culturally because it was all done digitally, but also to our clients and our players who all of a sudden had... Um, nowhere to be and nothing to do so they were trying to do twitch streams and i was helping them with that and that was kind of the space i owned for our players and i kind of took a peek behind the curtain and was like oh like this is a really interesting industry so um i ended up so i'm currently at a company called loaded so loaded is traditionally and its foundations are being a talent management company for gaming talent um one of the you know, best in the business, really well respected and the industry loaded is kind of seen as like the pinnacle of like what gaming management can be. Um, so it's been around for a few years doing that, but they've, you know, been diversifying what their business units look like. So almost two years ago, um, I had a friend who worked at Loaded who I was playing a lot of Fortnite with at the time, <laughs> truly. And, you know, I would hear about his new job and I'm like, that's so cool. And then he calls me one day and it's like, they're kind of looking for people with a more traditional entertainment background to join. Would you be interested? So, um, one of the business units that was being built was our brand advisory business, right? So if you think about just like a traditional talent management firm, um, there's so much endemic knowledge about how creators engage and what brands are trying to activate them that, you know, to my boss's credit, his name's Kyle DeWitt, he's our chief strategy officer, um, found a really, really amazing opportunity um, to fill white space in the market. Brands were realizing they need to reach Gen Z they're realizing that all of Gen Z is gaming. So like they're trying to figure out gaming. They don't know how. Here is Loaded, who has a ton of knowledge about gaming. How could we weaponize that information to help brands figure out gaming? So I was brought on to lead our brand advisory business, which has been um, an amazing opportunity. I still like kind of laugh because I'm like, how was me a former like baseball marketing agent <laughs> now being told to like handle all of these brands and gaming in an industry I hadn't really been in before. Um, but yeah, so we basically help build and execute gaming strategies uh, on behalf of brands. So some of the brands you work with are like uh, Gillette. I had mentioned Journeys before, Spotify. We've done work with McLaren, who I was just uh, here with on Sunday and NASCAR. We've done work with a handful of brands. So, you know, our thesis is like, if you are going to have a, Gen Z strategy, 
you need a gaming strategy. Mm -hmm. Like the two really are synonymous. Um, and we use a lot of like data and insights to build strategies for brands. And it's been like a hell of a ride and it's so fun. And I actually really enjoy what I do. And I feel like so lucky that I was able to like switch industries and fall into something that has been like every day. I'm so grateful that I am a part of this like job and company and all of that stuff. That's so cool. I feel like you go to work basically and you're not even like quote unquote working. It's like if you do the stuff you love, you're not really working. I would say that. And then also just having a like a good company culture like it sounds like I'm probably like trying to like talk really good about my company <laughs> and this is going to live on but I genuinely mean it like our the culture is amazing you have a bunch <clears throat> of really smart people that don't have a ton of ego um that like have this mission who you know you get your work done when you get your work done you take the vacation when you need to and like there's a culture around that which like your longevity in a career or in a job is much longer when you have those things so like again I could Sounds like I'm like lying and trying to like talk well about the like company. there she goes just trying to pump up that company to yeah. get that bonus next month. Yeah, right? Are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I genuinely mean it. It's been amazing. Um, and kind of rewinding back, you said you guys do like talent management um, at the court. So for people who are listening who are like gamers and stuff, like is there like a process that you guys do to? discover new talent or how does that process come about that's a great question because i do not sit in the talent department i really do not want to be offering up any sort of information <laughs> uh, as to how to do it um but um i think like streaming consistently having a unique point of view offering something um to the gaming community that may not be run of the mill right those are all things at least like when I am a brand, a lot of what I am doing on a brand's behalf is trying to seek out talent to work with for talent partnerships. Um, but yeah, I will say that <laughs> I don't want to like sign <laughs> up. I'm like, reach out to so and so at loaded.gg if you are looking for representation. Everybody like emails it like, hey, yeah. so this girl I heard on the podcast. Yeah, that's said. a real good way to get fired. No, I'm just <laughs> but from a brand standpoint, that's so true. And I feel like nowadays we're seeing so many cool like brand alignments, like the like uh, I think it was it Fortnite or Roblox that did the, was doing all the concerts oh, yeah. and um, it's huge all the different ones. So like, is there like a process or a deck whenever brands approach you? Well, they're like, hey, we want to work in the gaming space and do X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. is there like a strategy thing where you, before you even get to the table where you're like, we need X, Y, and Z? Oh yeah, you are <laughs> you are touching on a big thing here. So yeah, we it, it, the types of brands that come to us like our biggest thing is that like our, our, the best way we like to engage with brands like we want a business problem to like solve and we want like a goal to go after and from there we can construct a gaming strategy there are some brands who like candidly see on linkedin everyone doing something in roblox and like we need to be in the metaverse and we got to be in roblox and we're like okay let's like take a step back for a second like what's the business goal you're trying to solve and then we can craft a gaming strategy from there and i say our very very first step again i mentioned data being and analytics being a very very important part of what we do we understand who the brand's target consumer is and then understand how that gamer behaves, right? Like, I think people often see gaming as this very homogenous thing. The, um, your idea of a gamer may be a little archaic and like maybe the lazy white guy who's playing like <laughs> on a console and is lazy, right? And that's just not what gaming is anymore. Like you can be a gamer in so many different capacities, right? So like looking at a target, your target consumer, are they like, a little bit older do they play league of legends do they mostly play on pc versus console because that's a much different gamer mm -hmm. than the gamer who is younger who sees all their friends gaming and like 
they all pay attention to like Dream and Carl Jacobs and Minecraft because that is what's in, right? Like, are they just wearing their creator merch because they want people to know that they're a part of this larger gaming community, <laughs> even if they themselves are not like at home all day on their controllers, right? So like, that is like first and foremost step number one is like, how does your target consumer game and what do they look like? And then from there, it's much easier to piece around which creators to work with. Should you, uh, what, what platforms are they consuming gaming content on? Because there may just be this assumption that like, if you're a brand and you want to reach gamers, the only way to do that is through Twitch. Mm -hmm. When in reality, like gaming content is consumed across all platforms. So Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, like all of the social media platforms are pumping out gaming content in some way. So like, where is your target consumer like consuming gaming content, mm -hmm. right? And so from there, that's when we're like, also does your target, you know, um, consumer like, are they playing Roblox? Are they playing Fortnite? Because that, if they are, then it makes a ton of sense to be creating some sort of quote unquote metaverse strategy or getting the game strategy in one of those universes. But if your target consumer isn't there, it may not be a great investment to be there. And there are very few sandboxes these days, whether, you know, there's Fortnite Creative and you have um, Roblox, Minecraft, like a little bit. They're a little more delicate about how brands can engage. But that's not like a ton of places for brands to show up in a game. I think that'll expand over the next few years. A lot of different publishers and developers are like, oh, we should probably create more sandboxes for people. But that's my very long-winded answer of like, yeah, you will have a person that's like, happened before the president of a company is like we got to be in the metaverse can you do that for us and it's like well let's like take a step back and understand how that actually helps achieve your business goals at the end of the day and is there a right sandbox for you to play in so like all of it kind of like it's very easy to just always point back to like what the data is telling us and what your goals are and who your target consumer is because i feel like a lot of times brands are, like you said they're like metaverse like let's do it let's get in there and then they're like you then you, people are like you guys are like okay like who's your target and they're like Metaverse, get in there. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, a lot of um, how we operate with brands is there's usually, like, uh, usually, like, someone there really gets it. Our point of contact is, like, I understand it. Now I really just need to get the rest of my company aboard and, like, understand the opportunity in gaming. Like, can you help us? So, like, a lot of our work is educational, right? And, like, educating people on the gaming industry, where the opportunity lies, like, all of that good stuff. So, you're right. Like some, um, some of those conversations are easier than others, but you know, ultimately when you get the data around it, right? Like what some of the viewership is around Twitch or just like even being able to explain like how different a relationship that a, per, uh, you know, a younger person has with like a gaming creator that live streams all the time versus an athlete like LeBron James, right? Like dissecting those things is like, Oh, let me like, mm -hmm. it's a big deal. So I, I usually like, the data really helps us break that down. And like looking at it from more of like the event, like in-person type space, are there any like in-person live connection stuff that you guys do? Yeah, so we, we have helped, our company has helped um, produce those events for sure. And I would say that's a huge trend that I'm seeing happening in the gaming community. Probably like everyone is a response to like the world opening back up after a pandemic. Um, but you're seeing a lot of these creators do creator-led events and do like ticketed events and then live stream it right you just had cutie cinderella who is a client of loaded's do the streamer awards which is her, she produces her own award show for everyone it includes all of these streamers and it's live and it's ticketed and like it's kind of like the pinnacle of what a live event is and then you have someone like ludwig 
who did like a ticketed chess boxing event, which like is uh, these these moments and these creator led events become like hugely important. And then even you go to Spain and like these huge events are happening with like millions of viewers because that's just like what people are excited for and that's what gets people going. So like, I think the live event space and gaming, while it, there's already been a trend, I think it's going to massively increase because there is clearly such an audience and a market for it. So I'm really excited to see where all that goes. No, especially like when you said that, I was thinking of like how we were talking earlier, like TwitchCon and all these others. And I feel like now brands and stuff are like, okay, wow, there actually is a demand for it. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, that's just online. Like it's an afterthought. It's not really a priority type yeah. thing. But we're seeing now that in these spaces and through these events, like through the pandemic, even when we couldn't meet in person, that people do want to stream and they still do want to connect in that way. Oh, yeah. And I think that is a little bit of a misconception, right? That like um, gaming and it's all digital, right? And that you would only, um, you know, there's no in-person space where a younger generation wants to behave. But like uh, we always say this to all of our brands and anyone we work with, like if you're trying to understand the space, like one day at the convention center in the expo halls of TwitchCon, you're going to see it. It's like the ultimate fan fest. Even for me, like being able to be there, I'm like, oh, this is why I'm here. I mean, you can see creators that like are, you know, uh, in the grand scheme of things, not the most watched people on Twitch, but have such a dedicated audience that they'll have a two hour line for their meet and greets, right? It's astounding. You have, you know, I saw people cry right after they met, you know, like, and to talk about, like, the level of relationship that, like, okay, the analogy that we love to make is, um, you know, uh, Twitch streamers, like, stream, like, eight hours a day or live streamers on YouTube as well, stream, like, eight hours a day. Um, like, that audience knows them intimately, right? Um, it's like if LeBron James had camera and, like, on him during games and then was, like, answering to chat and questions while playing in a game, right? Like, and... and every single game, right? That's a level of like intimacy that these, the audiences have with their communities, right? That's why like this community of like these gaming fans and fans who are of these creators are just like really passionate because you feel like you know them mm -hmm. in a way that like is really intimate, right? I think there's like, especially like Gen Z, there's a fatigue of like the polishedness of an Instagram or like what certain brands or creators are offering you. And so like the streaming and the way like live stream works and the mechanism that it's most important I think special about Twitch and YouTube live streaming is like two-way communication, mm -hmm. right? So now like you're feeling like you're participating in the content that your creator is putting out there. You don't really have that opportunity with a lot of musicians traditionally or athletes, right? So like that's the kind of fan that you have at these fan fests of hundreds of thousands of young people and older people too. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, I, I tend to just like talk about Gen Z a lot since that's a big focus for a lot of our brands, but like it's, inspiring it's amazing it's crazy because that's so true because i know like at vidcon like when i went last year and i was able to see a lot of my favorite creators and stuff it's like yo these are people like on tiktok who we watch who will do like the live streams and stuff and you're like how's your day what's up for breakfast and then it's like in that moment they're like i'm good how are you and then that like makes somebody's whole day and oh, like yeah. guilty yeah i mean like i mean same <laughs> I be in the chat sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, what'd you have for breakfast? Is that real oatmeal? Yeah, no, seriously. Like, just there's a level of access there that I think is so unique um, that, like, really we try to educate a lot of the brands that we work with and their stakeholders. And, like, this is why this is, like, a really special and powerful audience to capitalize on, but it has to be the right audience, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it has to be the, the right type of creator who does the right types of things. Otherwise, it feels inauthentic, right? And I feel like 
from like the brand standpoint, like when you're talking to them and they're saying like we want to reach Gen Z, we want to reach millennials, do you see them because there's so many social platforms now? Like, do you see them prioritizing like say TikTok over Instagram or Facebook or kind of whenever you guys are having those discussions? Like, what's kind of the initial yeah. platforms in the deck? Yeah, it, 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 there's a whole slew of things. I think you have like your regulars, and I think. Um, you know, some brands have like a paid strategy on a certain platform, right? So it's important for them to find creators that are good on this platform. Um, but really often we'll have them say to us, like, you tell us what are the best, you know, platforms to activate on. Because like, um, we'll have uh, brands come to us saying like, we need, really need to promote this thing. And we're like, okay, like, what's, what does success look like for this campaign? Mm -hmm. Is it the number of people who watched the stream or is it the number of people who have clicked the link to this claim or this offer or to this website and that's your measure of success right and that gives us a pretty good idea of like what type of platform we should activate on right if it's a click through oh twitter's really really good for click through right mm -hmm. um or if it's just really like awareness and we're trying to reach wide large audiences okay like work with the biggest creators we can possibly find and activate them on the platform so their audience is the largest right so um it, it is nice. Like a, a lot of our clients do come to us and they're like, you tell us what's best based on our problems. And like, I, not our problems, our goals, I should say, <laughs> um, which are hopefully solving problems. Um, yeah. Or like, I can't say enough about our analytics team who like can sit with me on a brand, on a brand call, understand what the needs are. And then basically like understand how to spit out data to accommodate for all those needs and then get creators that we need. It's like, and then when you do all that qualifying on the front end, the likelihood that they're going to perform well in the campaign becomes much higher, and then you get that buy-in from larger people to invest in these creators, right? It's kind of this amazing cycle that we've seen happen time and time again with our brands that I'm just, like, so proud of. Like, it just, I don't know. Again, like, I came to this over <laughs> two, like, you know, a little under two years ago, like, never having done the thing, and I really had to, like, you know, work to build this up, and I'm, like, so proud of our entire company and team that has, like, worked to, like, do this it's amazing and i feel like that's something that we're now starting to see a lot of brands do where they're like you know we're gonna trust our client or who we help to do it versus like i feel like in the past we would all be like all right it has to be like this or what a one size fits all but it's like now we're now seeing more brands like trust their social teams trust their brand partnership teams to be like you guys do this every day we yeah. don't but we're gonna trust that you can get this totally. content or this whatever in front of the right eyes or whatever and which i think is cool and everybody's just like you know we're just trying to figure it out but like some stuff will stick and some stuff won't. Yeah, I would liken that just like honestly why I took, uh, did such a big industry switch to gaming is because like a lot of those processes and a lot of the things like haven't really been filled. Like it's changing every single day. So it's a lot of white space to own. Uh, you know, our leadership like wants the people who are in the trenches and trust like younger people to take it over, build the process, handle all of that stuff. So like, um, Absolutely. Like, I, I think that, again, brands are finally catching mm -hmm. on, right? I think you see, like, Duolingo on TikTok, uh, and every brand's like, Dooley. oh, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, their social media intern's their favorite person. You know what I mean? Like, those types of things. Not to say that she was a social media intern. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that. No, that's so true. Like, because I, I, it's so funny. I was talking to Duolingo. I had them prior, and I've had a few others, and everybody's like, oh, their social strategy must be, like, down to the science. And I'd ask them, and they're like, Oh, we just try stuff, and if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Versus, like, a lot of times, like, back, like, years ago, we would all be like, okay, like, this is the format that works. Like, we have this piece of content. We're just going to copy and paste it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And it's like, you can't. You just have to try stuff, and if it works, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like, if it, if it does, cool. Like, keep going. 100%. Yeah. 
And to wrap up our discussion, um, what advice do you have for somebody that's like, Nadia, you're cool, love that for you. <laughs> like, But I don't know. I'm trying to get an internship. It's almost summer. Like, what advice do you have for somebody who wants to break into, like, doing what you're doing? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I think, like, I've held myself back in a lot of ways, but in every <laughs> moment that I've reached out to the person, like, they send me the asking for the email, following up, like, it has always worked well, right? There's a really fine balance between, like, being pushy and too much <laughs> versus sticking out. Um, and I would say that, like, the types of people that have always stuck out to me are people who are just incredibly, like, genuine, clearly have an interest, are willing to, like, work hard, are willing to, like, get their hands dirty if they need to. I mean, look, like, we work, I, I currently work at, like, a, a company is only a few years old. We're growing. There are so many different hats you have to wear, no matter how successful you've been in previous careers. So, like, any way that you can show that off and, like, willingness to do anything, like, to me, I'm always, like, you, you, they can learn the rest. Um, so, yeah, that's really shitty advice. But <laughs> it's not so articulate. But those are the types of people that, like, I always love to, like, give a chance to. And, and maybe selfishly, I see some of that in my, like, self when I was younger. I was just, like, so willing and happy to do anything um that like there's something really like touching about someone that is willing to like make sacrifices to make those things happen yeah and i feel like a lot of times like people are like oh i want to like oh they're doing this and doing that and that's so cool and but and they're like oh but like how do you how late do you have to do that like oh you have to do that so early and it's like a lot of times people see that and they're like oh that's so cool but they don't want to put in the work and it's like you're gonna die <laughs> and you just have to Put it, you work. just have to do the work. Like, Are you doing some Kim K? I know, right? <laughs> I like, Sponsored by Sky Partners. Yeah, literally. Um, um, the one thing I also wanted to mention, um, I, I forgot, like, I, I know we spoke about, like, spoke about Loaded generally, um, but we have rebranded kind of what my division does and what our production capabilities are and we're called open world so um i just thought that was important to mention because we are kind of trying to distinguish ourselves from our talent business because now um i have to reach out to a ton of other talent managers all the time so being able to work to be intentional about like who we are in the marketplace does help so that like i'm like hey like i'm your competitor wanting to talk to your talent it's like no no, no i'm now open world I'm a separate <laughs> side of the business I work with brands so I wanted to make sure I touched on that before we wrapped up because I definitely just didn't mention that when I was supposed to <laughs> <laughs> come on all good and now we're going to open up for Q&A so if you all have questions I don't know if we have a mic but we have a mic so if you have a question <laughs> raise your hand don't be shy we are friendly Um, I'm so sorry to come like halfway through the session. Ooh, I don't know if we can answer your question now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm um, totally kidding. I just wanted to get a little bit more of a background on like where, um, so you work with Open World. Is that the company's name? Yeah, so the, the larger company is Loaded, which is traditionally a gaming management company. And I work on like the brand consultancy side. We basically say any way a brand works with, um, uh, brand, uh, any way a brand can work with us that isn't like related to the talent we represent goes to open world so like we do our brand advisory business and we also have like a production arm and a creative studio arm that we work in tandem with to help you know create branded content for brands and all of that good stuff and did you always want to go into gaming so um i would say i usually really wanted to like work in sports or entertainment in some capacity I can't say I had gaming on my bingo card, like, 
even five years ago. Um, but I ended up like falling into and helping some of our gaming, or sorry, my baseball clients back in the day with gaming ventures, which kind of like showed me, and again, baseball and sports is amazing, but baseball has been like, you know, um, has been the same for a lot of years, right? And I loved the sport, grew up a huge baseball fan, but was like, oh, this is a space where like I can grow with, I can innovate with, and feel like I am changing or being a part of like this big wave and this big industry. So um, that is what ultimately made me make the switch. And I will tell you, like, I had a handful of people who were like, very confused as to why I would leave CAA and being like, you know, working with baseball players to work in gaming. I think a lot of people really didn't understand it. Um, but I didn't, I knew my longer term vision. I like have never regretted it for a single day. It has been an amazing experience. And like, I'm really excited to continue working in this industry. It's a lot of fun. Hi, thank you. I just had a question. How do you see music as a tool in gaming and through brand marketing? Oh, yeah. So um, I mentioned that we do work with Spotify. Um, there are so many different platforms that are looking to even put on concerts in metaverses. I know Wave is a company that's doing that. It's huge. I would say, like, the crossover between, like, gaming culture and um, uh, music culture, like, there's a ton of overlap in the way their communities behave. I think we're seeing like Discord, which has traditionally been a platform where gamers um, and their communities gather. Uh, you're seeing a lot of musicians take advantage of that, right? Um, you see, I mean, Riot, I mean, Porter Robinson created songs for League of Legends. Lil Nas X has a partnership with Riot and League of Legends, right? Like, I think the opportunities are endless. Um, I would say, you know, we're, um, yeah, uh, I, we're really excited about what that crossover looks like. So I also think there's a lot of like musicians who are really good gamers, right? I think Zed is one of them. Um, so I think like how you top, tap into that crossover opportunity is going to be really fruitful for a lot of brands and definitely something that we want to help our brands with as well. All right. Any other takers going once, going twice? All righty. Well, Nadia, thank you for coming. Thank to you. Daddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks so much. So good to have you. Thank Yay. you. We did it. <laughs>